this is Michael Tedder. Welcome to the Words and Cards podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host and good friend, Zach Lopez. For those who don't know, uh, Words and Guitars, if this is the first time you've ever tuned in, is a podcast about music and music fandom and why we devote a lot of our lives and a lot of our energy and time to this silly thing called music. Uh, it kind of started off as a reading series in 2014 at the Bar Hi-Fi, Rest in Peace Now Gone, and we still do it monthly every second Thursday at the lovely Brooklyn Bar Pete's Candy Store. With me today is our guest, a frequent guest of all reputable podcasts, uh, Maggie Sirota, who is a editor over at Spin. I'm a staff writer. Staff writer, sorry. A former editor at the website Death and Taxes and former co-host of the Dearly Lamented podcast, Low Times. Maggie, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. So let's start it off. Uh, what is everyone listening to these days? Maggie, you're the guest. Please go first. Um, so I guess like the thing that I... It's not a traditional what are you listening to right. um, kind of, you know, like, hey, this Blood Orange album or whatever. But um, I haven't been able to get the like opening baseline to um, Pet Shop Boys, West End Girls out of my head. Right, right. Because I was watching Gotti on, you know, the Kevin Connolly film Gotti on film. Friday. Film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's an auteur. Yeah. Um, and every music drop is... Com- well, I mean, a lot of things are insane. There are just a lot of baffling choices um, mm-hmm. left and right. Um, but, um, like, Pet Shop Boys, Western Girls, is kicks off as, like, a sequence of, like, gangland hits. So you see these... Um, <laughs> Like, you see this one guy who I can only describe as, like, a discount, like, a dime store Michael Madsen. Yeah. Like, from a distance, I thought he was Michael Madsen, but it's, mm-hmm. like, when you can't afford Michael Madsen, like, here's the guy you get, I guess. Can you really not afford Michael Madsen in 2018? <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be honest here. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess to give you the cal- the kind of, like, you know, like, Hallmark caliber, you know, <laughs> production. This, <laughs> But, um... I just cannot, I mean, I love the Pet Shop Boys, but I just haven't been able to hear that song now or think of that song about, like, watching these two, like, dudes with butterfly collars walk out to their car. And just, like, it's this baffling, like, the scene looks like it takes longer than it should. The walk takes longer than it should. The music of the song, you know, this intro in the song is building up with these, like, kind of synthesizers creeping in. Mm -hmm. And right as the bass hits, like, well, actually, no, their car explodes before that kind of baseline hits. Mm-hmm. So it could have been really effective, but you're just like a nanosecond away from this being almost high art. <laughs> yeah. Are you saying that E from Entourage made a film that could have been great, he just kept getting it wrong? I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because um, I can't name this person, but the person who created a TV show DM'd me mm-hmm. and was like, I don't talk about other filmmakers but we tried to watch this for 10 minutes the other night. And holy shit. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've actually, I'm, I'm, it's on my list to see Gotti because um, I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Riverboat Gamblers were reaching recently in town, oh, the, cool. the, the Texas garage punk band. Oh, and, shit, I, should, I missed um, them. Uh, you did. They were, they were great. Um, and the Mike, Mike, uh, Weeb, I don't actually know how to say his last name. Uh, Hilarious Mike, guy. Uh, yeah, he was. He stayed at my house, and but uh, we went out the night before they uh, before their show, and he started telling me about Gotti mm-hmm. and how it was just one of the best things he'd mm-hmm. seen in years. 
Um, and yeah, it's like an accidental masterpiece. Yeah, like, no, like, I think it's gonna be like Showgirls. Yeah, in 10 yeah. Years. No, no, he said he said you know John Travolta and it was just astounding. Yeah, and uh, and as he got drunker, he just kept on reenacting more elaborately <laughs> mm-hmm. the fir- the opening Amazing. scene. Oh, the like, opening of, of John incredible. Travolta like looking yeah. over the, the yeah. Hudson River or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because when it comes to bad movies, me and my friends uh, have a bad movie night. Although we haven't done it as much anymore because we're all getting old and we don't live down the street from each other. But we used to have like a bad movie night once a month where you have like some wine or some bourbon and you make fun of a terrible movie. And always you want a movie that tried to be good. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking forward to seeing that Nicolas Cage movie Mandy, where it's like an '80s pastiche. I'm sure it's fun, but that probably movie that movie knows it's a B movie. It knows it's kind of crappy, and that's good. But when a movie Things is going for high art, where things is a film and it's not. That's when it's beautiful. And I will definitely say the best bad movie of the recent, like last 12 years or so, is the remake of, uh, shit, I'm blanking on the name, the remake of The Wicker Man. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Nicholas Cage, oh, The Patron sure. Saint, a bad movie. Yeah. It's just something else. Well, like it's, every decision is baffling. I mean, the thing that's also interesting is that, you know, I, I, I hold sort of ironic listening to music in contempt. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's I think it's I think it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It, it, it enrages me. People, you know, this you know people, people that like, well people that are, that are like, that? oh actually, you know, uh Africa by Toto is a really great oh my God, it's so bad, it's good. Fuck that. I hate that shit. Yeah. You know, if you like it, then you like it. Yeah. If you don't like that does not hold for movies. Mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. like that. I you know there's and I don't know why. I can't I think it's because it. it's like a whole sensory experience. Like yeah. where music you just, all right, fine. You you know, you either want to you want either want to listen to it in your car or you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Like, I understand like liking music for the kids' value, or like I know this is lame. Like, Toto to go back for that. Like, but then I you never, like it. You actually like it. Like, I wish that revival would go away. But like, I get it. That chorus is kind of great, even though those lyrics are like the epitome of like, I am a guilty white liberal who's going to go to Africa and learn a spiritual lesson. Thank you, Africa, for but, making me a better person. But that's just me. like if you like the song and you acknowledge the flaws, then you like the song yeah, and you acknowledge yeah, the right, flaws. Right. You're not ironically liking the song. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's an important distinction. Yeah. Um, and whereas for movies, in fact, I get more irritated when movies are do that sort of like wink intentionally bad right, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's actually hard to find yeah. genuine yeah. like yeah. camp. A friend you know? of mine, like we tried to watch one of the Sharknado movies for 15 minutes. It yeah. was like, no, if a movie is trying to like be like, if a movie's being made for my bad movie night, it's going to suck. Yeah, yeah, it has to try to be a good movie. Right. It's going to go for every low denominator hanging fruit like cliche. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. As far as my listening for this week, uh, here's a hill I'm willing to die on because I'm going to die on a lot of hills in this uh, podcast. Please do. Yeah. The new 1975 album is awesome, and Matt Healy is the best millennial rock star. Crickets. I think we could have dead air for another 15 minutes. Okay. Yeah. All right. No. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Maggie. What, what were you going to say? Oh, I wanted to, Please. Ta- I wanted to talk about that scene in Gotti where... Um... Okay. <laughs> we do not have anyone who cares about the 1975 today, no. and that's fine. I can find that on Twitter. <laughs> Like you met us, right, Tedder? Like, yeah. yeah. But you, you might like. You're not. You're not okay. going to die on that hill. You're just going to be sort of hang out but by yourself. Have, have like you heard- you're, you're trying to talk to me about a record that came out like after 1988. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here is a band that wants very hard to be the updated in excess. Yeah. Aren't yeah. you at least a little curious? Yeah, I'm a big in excess fan. Yeah, I love. See, and I love in excess too. And I was curious, and then I listened to the 1975, and I didn't hate it. Yeah. I didn't hate it at yeah. all. I just went, oh yeah, there was 50. 
bands like this after Kick came out, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. they were they were fine. Okay, yeah, like uh, like nineteen seventy five, fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're fine. They're cool. fine. They're fine. Um, yeah, no, there should be a like a, a lot a lot of. I mean, obviously, the internet would be a much duller place. Yeah. Um, and bars would be a much duller place if it's fine was yeah. was was an acceptable answer to. Mm-hmm. 80% of these like yeah, music instead conversations. Of, like, instead of like tweets that are like, oh my God, I am barf crying to this new Ariana Grande record. Like <laughs> yeah. where, where everyone's fandom feels so over the top performative. Yeah. It gives me life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It brings me back to life after I'm dead. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's a few things in life that. This, this, ah, oh, this kicked my brain's dick. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of things in life that I enjoy, but the fandom or the culture around it is a bit much. And while the best example of that is Rick and Morty. Because mm. I love that TV show, but the fans are the worst. Yeah, right. I have a lot of. I love her music. I think she's great. I'm glad her. I'm glad she makes her fans happy. I'm just saying, Carly Rae Jepsen fans are always at a 17 out yeah. of 10, and we can take it. <laughs> we can take it to a comfortable seven. Yeah, yeah, and I think. Well, I think that's. I think that's true. And then it gets in this weird thing where, am I responding to the music or am I responding to the fans? Which I think goes into what we're going to yeah. talk yeah. about later. But um, Carly Rae Jepsen. You know, again, I mean, I can't think of anybody like more than the 1975, more than probably any other artist performing. Let's I'm going to do some hyperbole more than any other artist of like the last 10 years. She epitomizes fine. Yeah, yeah. I like her a lot a bit more than that, but I get it. No, you're right. But she's you know, it's it's like if, if you've if you've heard, you know, metric or mm-hmm. you've heard, you know, they're like that sort of like the era of indie pop. Yeah. You know, and and I think I re- understand people are really excited that I po- like a person who had this one hit started doing pretty good indie pop or yeah. excellent indie pop. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, in your viewpoint. And yeah. I'd say like she actually like makes like well written, thoughtful, interesting music. But I yeah. understand it's not for everyone. Yeah. But let's get into our <laughs> thing today because we're gonna be having like the. They are, you are you are anxious to get owned. Like you get get right to owning me, guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so today's topic is. Is the uh, UK <laughs> alternative rock band Radiohead overrated? I think Zach and Maggie have strong points about this, but I will go first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I am a huge fan of Radiohead. They're probably my favorite band. And I would definitely argue they are the best rock band or even like band of any genre, not like single artist, but band of any genre of the last 25 years. Jesus God. They have the most uh, most innovative uh, approach to production. They have the best singer, usually the best lyrics, but not always. Uh, and they're more consistently great than anyone else. It's difficult for anyone to be consistently great 25 uh, years into the career, but their last album. You've heard mm-hmm. of Nick Cave, right? Yeah. Okay. I said since 1993. <laughs> oh, okay. That All kind right. of precludes right. them. Also, I said band. Uh, not have you heard Radiohead? Yes. <laughs> but... Nick Cave's got a band. They're called the Bad Seeds. Yeah, but yeah, I do think Radiohead is just, uh, just a little bit better. Although Radiohead, although, yeah. Go. Go off. Go in, as they say. <laughs> Maggie's having a conniption. All right, I got I to gotta collect myself. Zach, can you... Uh, just I, by the way, I love Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Well, okay. I'm not going to... I don't even know that I necessarily have some act that I would say, oh, is the... Is, because first of all, let me just say I'm not I'm not interested in in who the greatest band of the last twenty years Fair is. I, I I'm not interested in canon. That's um, kind of a silly think, critical and, thing. No, yeah. it's it's not silly, but I think that's sort of why I forever don't give a shit about Radiohead. Yeah. And 
because I was thinking about this in the in the the walk over here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think why they're so uninteresting to me is they fit. They, they may be the great band of the great band of the last twenty five years because they're a perfect sort of canon band because they're actually one of those bands that really totally could exist without punk ever happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're an absolutely a total pre-punk band. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the worst thing to be. But you know, they started off as sort of like a, you know, like like they started off like, you know, the Hollies. Yeah. And they started off as like a kind of jangly fun little band mm-hmm. and then they did a more serious rock show and then I mean rock album and then they you know, went off the tracks, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like Neil Young and uh uh and I know these I'm not saying they sonically resembled any of these things I'm it's saying but it's this but the trajectory is yeah and they, they, and um lyrically Tom York is has always been awful you know and 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 okay. again not in a cringe awful but in a totally just with without meaning just just this sort of blank slate of uh um robot fear and See, and you, uh, you 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 which i guess is a punk trope to do the you 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 and mm-hmm. to fear robots but it's also just a prog you know normal like armadillo tank you know I was- i'm really glad you brought up prog sorry i'm gonna interrupt you yep. um actually i'm not sorry um <laughs> oh my <laughs> um I'm glad you brought up Prague because, like, to me, Radiohead, they're kind of equivalent to the Prague in the sense that someone, like, someone can put on a Yes album and it can explain to me why Neil Peart's a genius. Mm-hmm. I'm like, sure, all that makes sense to me. Like, you can explain to me why this is musically good. All that makes sense to me. I just don't connect to it emotionally on any way. Sure. Yeah. So that's kind of my relationship with Radiohead. I will Outside say, I, of their fans. but I, I will say two things. First off, Radiohead are not prog because, and here's my rule: in order to be prog, you must have a flute player in the band. Yeah, See, that, but that's yeah. that's an arbitrary rule. I feel like Radiohead spir- feels I feel like right. Radiohead yeah, has like a fine. spiritual flute. Yeah, in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't Tom York just a flute? Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember years ago, the first time I saw the Mars Volta, who I wanted to like more because I loved mm-hmm. At the Drive-In, but I'm like, I'll give this a shot. I like these guys, and the album I thought was fine, but because there was so much going on, that first one that. Some uh, D Lost and Comatorium. I wasn't sure what was going on sonically. And I was watching them and I was like, holy shit, do they have a flute player in this band? What is going on? Mm. And see, they, I would argue that they're, to me, even though I'm not a huge Mars Volta fan, but yeah. and, and, and after their first album, I didn't have much interest in yeah. following because I, because they all, the later ones just seemed like mm-hmm. just that. But as opposed to Radiohead, and again, I don't think people are like, you know, you know, rushing to like compare Radiohead and, and Mars Volta, but as sort of like experimental, ambitious rock bands, mm-hmm. Mars Volta actually like has groove and swing, which are n- not necessarily things that I'm always looking for, but I, I'd much rather listen to them. See, I think Radiohead has that on certain songs, certain albums. There's definitely some like things I say have swing on them on uh, Hail to the Thief, like the song. My ex Thomas, not sure. Like whatever the song is about, like rabbit disease, is the one that comes to mind immediately. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the right, song so about my, rabbit disease. I think my main gripe was with Radiohead is that they aren't experimental and like avant-garde enough to be as pretentious as they are. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, I do. 
I mean, it, it gets weird because I, I think Tom York, they, they do come across as, as very self-serious. Yeah. And again, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily always mind that. Like, like like the backstage at a radio show, sound, head show, sounds like it'd be like as fun as a funeral. Yeah, I'm sure they all sit around. Like and a have funeral a re- for a toddler. Yeah. I'm sure they all have like a backstage reading group where they like talk about the latest, you know, talk about like a Thomas Pynchon book or something. No, I just think it's more so like they're all like in the downswing of like bipolar disorder and they just like retreat into themselves but here's the thing would you want a fun happy witty literate upbeat version of radiohead that'd be terrible no how no, could i the, mean i i would settle for a literate version of radiohead i mean i'm a fan Ooh, of like miserable musicians obviously but yeah. um there's right. just something about them where it's like even their misery isn't fun yeah <laughs> like i don't think tom york could do the morrissey thing or morrissey in his prime where it's like yeah. you're miserable but you're making fun of how miserable you are because you're in on the wink and you'd had not yet and you're right. into a racist character trait yourself. Like, and you're right. And he Morrissey wrote some really good jokes in his lyrics. Yeah, and I don't think Tom yeah. York is capable of that, but I don't think it would fit what they do. No, I, well, I, and, I, and I think it's important to point out that I love the Bends. Mm-hmm. Their second album mm-hmm. is, to my mind, easily the second best U2 album <laughs> after Octung Baby. Oh, um, I see. I was going to guess your, your favorite uh, U2 album, Beat Boy. No. Really? No. The only good U2 album is Octoon Baby, and that's a hill I will die on. I saw that and, tour. And Ooh, I, nice. I'm, I'm jealous. I mean, yeah. that's, that's amazing. I love that album. Yeah. Actually, I won't say they're only, like, I, that's too much. I, I, get, I get people love U2. You but but their best album is Octoon Baby. U2, I'll say U2 are great. And yes. their second best album is The Benz. The fact that uh, at some point U2 quit making bad, you know, quit making good albums doesn't matter. The Rolling Stones have not made a good album since I've been alive. I'm not even that huge of a Rolling Stones fan, but even I acknowledge the Rolling Stones are the Rolling Stones. Yeah. If at some point you fall sure. off, as long as you've made great art and haven't done something to embarrass yourself or so horrific your fans won't listen to you, uh, you know, like pick your artist, you're fine. Yeah, sure. I mean, Mick Jagger's got it. He won't stop having kids, so he's got yeah. to support them somehow. Yeah. 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 What was his son's band? Oh. Anybody? Anybody? I don't know, but do you know he's great Don on Hills? He's what? great on Instagram, though. Like, apparently, he like likes all his son's Instagram posts. Was like, good to see you doing well, boy. Just things like or that. Or just like yeah. some of them are really cute. Just like, oh, that looks fun. Like yeah. when the kid goes skiing. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing about Radiohead. Now I'm going yeah. to own up to some stuff. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm going to reveal my age. We're all on the same age. Yeah. Uh, I bought OK Computer. It came out two weeks after my high school graduation. Mm-hmm. I listened to it incessantly my freshman year of college. I listened to it all the time biologically okay i admit uh objectively there's all kinds of great albums you can mm-hmm. like whatever you want i'm almost hardwired to defend this album as the best album released in my lifetime and even other radiohead albums won't dislodge it it's just how music works if things get into your vein at veins at a certain time it's just always gonna be what you like like if you were a 16 year old kid in the 60s and you bought the white album when it came out nothing will ever be better than the white album if you are a 16 year old kid today and I'll go ahead and say the consensus pick for best album of this decade is probably Kendrick Lamar's Pimba Butterfly. Mm-hmm. That very well might be the best album ever made, and you cannot be convinced otherwise. And this is how music works. It I, just gets into you, and you're just not going to leave. I, I agree with you, and I agree with you, and, and I agree with you. That being said, you know, I, I'm, I'm go, I, I think I go back and forth, because on one hand, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's all, it's all just feelings, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But I also do think that, like, you know, we're fucking adults and we can make aesthetic judgments, you know, and it can't right. it can't just be, yeah. you know, because if I because, you know, I thought of, I felt a lot of other things when I was 16. It's true. And uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. OK, 
I am not sure that like, am I feeling this way about Radiohead? Because like, okay, Computer is objectively a great album, or because the right album time of my life. Like, if when I was six, when I, at that age, I was like, you know what, the best album of all time is Limp Bizkit, three dollar bill, y'all. Yeah. It just came out the same year, and then later, like, okay, no, that's not it. That's so, a silly thing to think. Maggie, did you like OK Computer when it came out? Um. Do you remember when it came out? I do remember when it came out. Did you I give was, any thought? I was significantly older. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Than Michael was. Yeah, I was twenty-two, probably. Okay, yeah. I I mean, the only radio app, app head album I ever purchased was um Pablo Honey, and that was on cassette. Just to kind of mm-hmm. give you a okay. okay. <laughs> a sense of where I'm coming from. So you you got off the train early. Well, I actually liked that album, but mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I was like 13, 14. Right. Mm-hmm. and then I just kind of like and. The Benz came out, and I was like, just kind of passingly enjoyed that. Um, like when someone would play it at a party or whatever, or in a car. But um, yeah, it was just kind of like there was kind of something I could kind of comfortably ignore because I was never able to attach, connect with it emotionally, or sure, sure, or aesthetically. So you never, you you've never enjoyed Radiohead for the most. I mean, outside. I have of enjoyed. Owning- you know what? You know when I enjoyed Radiohead the most. Tell Actually, um, was when. Tell me, Maggie. Oh, well, Zach, get ready. Strap okay. in, put your helmet okay. on. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, I shouldn't steal from. I shouldn't steal from uh, the best show. But um, the most I enjoyed Radiohead was when I saw Tears for Fears cover "Creep" in concert. Oh, that sounds and that amazing! Was great. Yeah. It was like I never like I just enjoyed that song on a whole other level, which I always liked that song fine because <laughs> it's probably the reason I bought that cassette. But like, oh yeah, no, this buzz bin through told through the. Uh, emotional spectrum of tears for fears yeah. no that see that i would enjoy that too that was fun as hell well and i remember when the bends came out um it actually felt i bought it because i mean i saw whatever fake plastic trees mm-hmm. the video where he's in the shopping cart yeah and i was like wow this is really good this this that band that had the yeah. one hit that you know just some nirvana wannabe yeah. this is pretty good but i you know maybe because i was living in some small town it didn't seem like it was popular and i really felt like i was doing personally these guys a favor mm-hmm. by buying the cd because yeah. i was like oh right you know i'm the one person yeah on the planet that is going to be helping out poor radiohead you know i didn't yeah i was whatever age i was i, mean, I guess then, they're technically a one-hit wonder right well but then yeah you, well but the thing is i think now then i think fake plastic trees was sort of a hit yeah. in, in mm-hmm. a different ways and then yeah. um and then i you know and then i ended up listening to the album as much as i think it came out the same year as like the clueless soundtrack okay yeah. and those were probably my Two, no, two albums. Oh, the Clue soundtrack's great. You got yeah. the Muffs. You got My My Boss Tones. Yeah, no, it's a great soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so how do you, Zach, how do you go from, like, the Benz is great. Did you even give OK Computer a shot? Oh, absolutely. No, I I, I owned it. Yeah. I, I owned that album. And 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 with OK Computer, I wanted to like it. Mm-hmm. And I and I convinced, this is, this is where I sort of, like, started to realize, like, the insidiousness of, like, you know, not started to, I guess, yeah. I, you know, I had some inkling before, yeah. but of, <laughs> of like, of canon and consensus culture, because I was like, everyone kept on saying, this is genius, this is genius. And I was like, all right, this is genius. And then eventually I was like, these fucking songs are seven minutes long. <laughs> you know, this, I, yeah. I, I love the first half of the second song in this album and I turn it off by song three. Because I am bored, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I, and I and I keep on putting it on. I keep on putting it on, but really, I'm just waiting for it to be over so I can like go back to listening to the Gorilla Biscuits. Fair. Right. I mean, I have to just kind of specify that I don't have technical musical knowledge. Yeah. So I could be. I mean, I'm completely ignorant to like when people are like 
an actual musician says, well, here's what's great about Radiohead. And I'm like, I believe you. Like, yes, I'm, I believe that a lot of these things are technically good. It's just mm-hmm. not interesting. Yeah. Like, I feel, you know how I feel the same way? I feel that basically that same with the way about Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge Steely Dan were great arrangers and producers. I acknowledge they had the best musicians at the time. I acknowledge they are geniuses. I acknowledge they're good storytellers. It just leaves me cold. Yeah, That's- I kind of feel that way about Fleetwood Mac, where it's like, I almost feel like I'm a, like. You're, you're both insane. Yeah, they were just like, okay, I, I understand that this is classic yeah. and great, but like, it's almost like everyone else is a dog and they hear a frequency in the music mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I feel basically the same way. So I'll say there's like five Fleetwood Mac songs I actually like solidly. Yeah. And I now acknowledge that like my opinion about Fleetwood Mac and uh, Steely Dan is very valid and plenty of people feel the same way about Radiohead. It's just mm-hmm. how it is. Well, okay. Yeah. So let's like, just, let's, let's talk about those three bands real, just real quickly. Yeah. yeah. So. And, and of course, and I agree with you, you feel what you feel, what you feel, what yeah. you feel. Yeah. But, um, and there's a lot of Fleetwood Mac that does leave me cold. Mm-hmm. Um, Rumors is, to me, a, a perfect album. But I mean, yeah. I think there's uh, a pathos and, and and fun to that album. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let, actually, let me, set a, let me set aside musicianship for a moment, because sure. yeah. I don't really know much about a lot of that stuff either. So, mm-hmm. um, but there's just a, you know, there's a, a, a like a narrow thread and there's a, just a real sadness mm-hmm. and kind of anger to rumors, which I love. Mm-hmm. Steely Dan, there's um, just, you know, just the lyrics are brutal. Yeah. Um, you know, darker than most black metal songs. Yeah. Um, and, and no, then, no, I'm really intrigued by Steely Dan. Uh, well, if you, you know, it's, it's, it's a it's lot fine. of songs about sleep, about old men skeezy on teenage girls. Okay. Um, a lot of songs about that. Yeah, they they do do that well. Or um, getting really annoyed because your coke dealer's taking forever to arrive. It's not annoyed. He's he's being empathetic to his coke dealer. You're totally misunderstanding Kid Charlemagne. Furious now. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, but the thing, like, I believe it was, uh, and I'm not a huge Silver Juice fan either, but uh, I think it was David Berman. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that the singer of yeah. Silver mm-hmm. Juice? He's the one that said about Radiohead. There's there hasn't been any. There's no bigger band that sings about so little. That means so little. Mm. You know, I will push back about that. Uh, here's one argument I always made. In 1997, when barely anyone had internet faster than dial-up, when cell phones were barely a thing, Tom York sang about how technology alienates us from our fellow human beings and makes us feel lonely and empty inside, which I think 20 years later kind of turned out to be a very pressing argument. I don't know that he was the first person to make that argument yeah. on an album. Okay, but he made it more authoritatively. <laughs> so he was basically, he was the black mirror of... Uh, yeah, I was just going to uh, say. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> sure, sure. I guess it was a, that, that was a little low-hanging fruit itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying, I feel with Steely Dan, I feel a little bad I don't get it because I know I should like this band. Mm-hmm. You really if, don't have to like yeah, Steely Dan. Yeah, you don't have <laughs> yeah. to like anything. Yeah. But with Fleetwood Mac, I'm fine to like five albums, and or, uh, five songs, <laughs> yeah, and... I love my wife very much. I hope we die together. Should I get divorced and develop a coke habit? Rumors is exactly the album I want. Yeah. 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 Tusk will do in a pinch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing with, I mean, Radiohead. Yeah, it's tough because I mean, I, I I understand that uh, he was. Yes, he talks about technology, but I mean, he taught, and and the thing is like. I, I enjoy again on the bends. I enjoy the lyrics, but I do think that there, there's something. And I say this as someone who loves hardcore mm-hmm. and loves, you know, some real t- dumb teenage music. Yeah. 
there's an adolescent vagueness to his lyrics mm -hmm. that's constant and a constant thread that people not not saying you're mistake. Well, you no, know, no, no, it's fine. Like, it's like the gloves the, off. That people mistake for profundity. Yeah, or it's just like the vessel for any like his like kind of vague lyrics. They can fit whatever you want to put into it emotionally from your own life. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing. I will go back going to Carly Rae Jepsen. Mm -hmm. I fully acknowledge that Radiohead fans can be quite a bit. Yeah. That they can be I'm very. Glad you, I'm glad you opened that door. Yeah. Like Radiohead fans uh, can definitely be very pounding on the table. This is the best band ever. And while I'm entertaining this conversation, I'm doing this, doing that for the purpose of this conversation. I acknowledge it's quite a bit, you know. I am not person type of guy who will like be like, "You better like Radiohead because they're the best." If you don't like, they're dumb. You're dumb if you don't like it. I'm not that guy. Have I seen other dudes do that at parties? Oh yes, I have, and it made me very embarrassed to like Radiohead yeah. at the moment. All right, I'm going to say something very rude, sure. and you. I just want you to know that you're accepted from this. Okay. Um, before I say it, but um, Radiohead for me was just kind of like the. Like the patron saint of guys who think they're white guys who think they're way smarter than they are. See, I understand that. Uh, I think the patron saint of that is Bob Dylan. And yeah. the reason. Uh, well, I feel like for older guys, yeah. like the guys in their 30s who yeah. think they're way smarter than they are, like the House of Cards of Men. Mm -hmm. Like. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen that show, but I've always heard it as, as dumber than it thinks it's, it is. It's a really, yeah, it's a, like a show for dumb people who think they're smart. Yeah. Uh, like. This is the thing I'm right at personal essay, but one of these days, when I was in college, my freshman year, a guy who was a year older than me at the college newspaper, we like, we were good friends, but like, he was of the opinion the only good artist that ever exists is Bob Dylan and the Beatles. And his girlfriend liked alt rock, but she also liked, you know, Britney Spears or whatever. And he would constantly browbeat her, like, oh, you just like all this teeny popper shit. You don't like real shit. And I acknowledge nothing will turn people off from an artist quicker than that opinion. And to this day, she won't listen to like Bob Dylan. She's like, "Ah, eh, fuck that guy." Sure. And you don't want, and, 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 and you know, you want to be careful to not be responding to the fandom. And that I was being trying to said, be not to be that way, but right ahead. But you never know. But also, if the part of you know rock and roll is is whether people like it or not, not just the music, it's the culture. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, and and and, and of course, I. I I like it when people are enthusiastic about, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, the things that they love. Um, but even all right, so you put for, you put out, uh, or you know, when, when before this show, you, you put on Twitter like, we're going to be discussing Radiohead, you mm -hmm. know, and and arguing whether they're a great band or not. Mm -hmm. And you know, some people said, oh, I like them, or I don't like them, blah blah. blah. But it, and and it was not like there was like a million people responding, you know, angrily. But some of the Radiohead fans were exactly what you're talking about that we're sort of like, this is silly. How can of you course, even question their of thing? Of course they're a great band. And it's like, oh, baby. Everything you should know. be questioned. Everything uh, should be, you always should ask the question like, is this good or not? I'm gonna say another really rude thing. Go okay. for it, that's what we asked you here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there was a great, I just remember a great tweet and I'm really sorry to whoever wrote it because I um, I can't remember who wrote it. Um, but you know, another Twitter person just wrote, I always think it was the same day that like Mad Men was premiering. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, big day for all the boring white people on here. New Radiohead album and a new season of Mad Men. Yeah, it, um, it, I, it I, me. I, <laughs> I probably um, was very happy both those things happened. Yeah. Um, I should. I would like to point out though, um, at being the the ever uh, PC bore mm -hmm. that um, boring people of all ethnicities yeah. love. Radiohead and Mad Men. True. Yeah. Uh, I, we yeah. Should, we, this is this is it, it goes back to the old like, oh, brunches for white people. 
yeah. dull people of, of I, all I, I, I stripes <laughs> enjoy, you know. I didn't mean to erase dull, dull people. Yeah, of let's, you know, let's be. Uh, it's actually but, funny. No more, no contemporary band is sampled more often than ra- by rappers in Radiohead, actually. Oh, really? really? I, that I didn't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Please uh, enlighten me. Chino XL uh, sampled mm-hmm. something. The Roots sampled you and who's Army. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of mixtape rappers like it, especially like from Hail to the Thief, that probably has their best like bass tracks and rhythm tracks. Oh, mm-hmm. huh. Yeah. Good for them. Although I think nowadays that <laughs> might be being overtaken by bands. I'm sure Zach will roll his eyes at very hard when I say their names as far as you get sampled up by rappers. Beach House or Tim Impala. Hmm. I, I, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I mean, those those are, I mean, those are basically background music bands. You know, mm-hmm. those are. I mean, like if you want your rap song to be on an Apple ad, then sample an, amp, an Apple ad. Yeah. You know, but I, I think that's I think that's that's some that's some smart. Smart thinking right there. I enjoy both Tam and Paul and Beach House quite a bit, but I can't push back on the argument that, they, yes, they are Apple Music ads done at the highest level. Sure. Yeah. And I, and I commend them for their, uh, you know, their, their, their market savvy. All right. So I'm kind of curious. I'm willing to die on the hill. The best, you know, OK Computer is the best album, and I will not budge on that. How about you? What's yours? What would you not not, best, not? What's your favorite Radiohead album? No, no what's, <laughs> not, what's your favorite album that is the best to you, and you will not budge from that? Um, I think a bulletproof album from start to finish is um, "Teardrop Explodes," uh, Kilimanjaro. Ah, see, to give me like, maybe. Wow. <laughs> wow, I need to that listen is, to the, that. Is bold. I like the singles. <laughs> I need to listen to the entire album. I guess. Wow. Um. Also, that one KLF album. Really? Uh, Which like, one? Um, the one <laughs> my, my voice shot up I both know. from excitement and disbelief. Uh, not chill out, but I do have that on vinyl. The White Room. Yes, The White Room. Huh. Interesting. I just would love, I mean, because I used to go to raves in the 90s, and I have fond memories of like the singles playing when I was getting ready for school. See, and, I, the, I, and now I, that I know all the crazy backstory about what some of the imagery was in the videos, I'm like... Oh wow, this is cohesively brilliant. I, I I've never I've never wished this podcast was more popular than it is until mm-hmm. this very moment when I just wish there was a hundred thousand listeners just mm-hmm. to have to take in that the KLF out put out a perfect album, but Radiohead did not. Yeah. yeah. Oh um, man. Oh, I, my mind mentions. I feel like this 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 could be a, this could have been a cultural shift. Oh man, and, uh, my mentions would be a <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's also yeah. I'm also bringing it back to the uh, Julian Cope Bill Drummond feud that apparently has never ended. Here's the thing about the KLF. Maybe I need to listen more. They're always a thing. I find them interesting as as he said, being very pretentious, a conceptual art project, and not so much as like a band making music. But maybe I'm wrong about that. They've got. I mean, I love. I like their pranks. Like I love their YouTube pranks. I think. I think if you actually revisited, um, definitely not. Chill out. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you if you revisit the White Room, you would be surprised at how many songs you both know mm-hmm. and how much you enjoy it. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I mean, it's definitely. Uh, what time is love? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 got some real. Got some bangers. It's got some bangers. So yeah. I have a question though. So Radiohead is a band a band for boring people of all ethnicities. Yeah. I've been hanging out with you before while you've been on the tw- while you've been on Tinder looking for uh, looking for looking for seeing who's out there. Yeah. If you see Radiohead. In a dating profile, is that an instant nope? Um, it's not, but there are other factors to consider. Yeah. So radio, I mean, Radiohead could be, you know, I don't think it's a deal breaker in and of itself. But if this guy's going to talk at me about Radiohead, yeah. you know, 
that's the deal breaker. Yeah, what if, like, it's, what if it's the only band listed? Like what? Like men? Yeah. <laughs> well, men explaining to me why Radiohead is good is, uh, you know, yeah, a scenario I try to avoid, but somehow like willfully walked into it um, mm, on today a, on today. a rainy day. Yeah. yeah, my narcissism and need to be in front of a mic. Yeah, be in front of a microphone at all times got yeah. the better of me. I feel from talking with you. Your sacrifice is noted. Yeah. I feel from Heroic. talking with you and other uh, young women on the dating scene, there's different tiers. Mm-hmm. There's This could go either way if they list like Radiohead or David yeah. Foster Wallace or maybe Bukowski. No, no. Bukowski, that's a deal that's breaker. In, that's, no, okay. no. Because I would say like there's, there's a few things that are instant like run the other way. Yeah. And the number one I would say is Ayn Rand, run the other way. Well, um, sure. And I've even recently told my, I told my uh, teenage nieces, like, if he's in Ayn Rand, run away. Oh, I would love, can we have an episode where it's just you giving advice to your nieces? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> because here's the second one I said, and like, I recently uh, told them this. So you know how I told you if it's Ayn Rand, run away. Also, mm-hmm. if the dudes in the Jordan Peterson take a cab and go the other way, get as uh-huh. far away as possible. Yeah, you know, it's, it, yeah. I, it, it, it's, it's especially... Because a, not only are these things indi- indicators of whatever of something, mm-hmm. but also, even if they're not, even if you know they are just like, well, I just, I'm just interested in all sorts of different viewpoints. Yeah, mm-hmm. them not knowing that those are red flags now. Yeah, yeah. Like even even if they're they're great, but they happen to just read Anne Rand just for you know as a part of a larger oh, thing. Oh, because you of know. her incredible literary contribution. Well, yeah, you know, the yeah. prose, the oh, yeah. uh, that <laughs> right. that elegant right, prose right, that right. Anne Rand is known for. Yeah. Yeah. Out of curiosity, what yeah. are some other okay. Yeah. If Radiohead aren't the music equivalent of run the other way, mm-hmm. who is the music equivalent of like they're if they're the number one on the dating flat site, you're like, nope. Um probably Aerosmith, maybe. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I have to re- no wait, I have to really think about that. Um, I have to really think. I mean, I think the um, Run the Other Way is more so books and some movies. Yeah, because I think we, we all can be sort of more forgiving yeah. of a partner who has bad taste in music. Or I don't or think music because... is definitely a sign of, like, issues. Well, now, actually, sometimes, like, a lot of dudes that list Tom Waits are kind of like... Right. Like, if you they but... just passively enjoy it, that's one thing. But if they're really into his whole th- weird, like creepy hobo masculinity it's just like yeah. usually, right. there's usually an indicator that they like other Bukowski's like, not going to yeah. be on there too I yeah. like Tom yeah. Waits but I admit I that like your Tom roasting of Tom Waits is pretty is pretty wonderful yeah. oh god that guy. whenever you get whenever you get on a roll on Twitter I'm like ooh appointment viewing yeah <laughs> I just I mean I guess there are other, I mean there are probably other musicians I really enjoy that put on a persona and that really commit to a bit but he really commits to a bit that yeah. guy yeah, the uh, you know I, I want to do a uh, eventually I'll I'll get around to pitching this the you know because I'm a firm believer that actually especially music taste is no indication of like I mean at all yeah. mm-hmm. of your personality mm-hmm. or your morality yeah. you know just because you know that's why we have these arguments too yeah. too many people oh, yeah. too many people like too many things mm-hmm. and um you know and I think there are if anything I sort of am more wary of after talking to someone who thinks that like they're smarter or better because they like Sonic Youth or yeah. mm-hmm. then, but again, I think that's something yeah. that a lot of people think when they're teenagers or they're early twenties yeah. and they grow out of it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, like, I mean, 20, hopefully though, after the age of 25, you cannot have that attitude. Anymore. Right. Though many mm-hmm. people do. Um, but I actually, I've been noticing more and more sort of like arch conservatives or people that are really like on, on, you know, I won't call them evil. 
but they're they're certainly opposed to a lot mm-hmm. of my worldview and seeing what they like mm-hmm. you know like uh the mouthpiece for the nra whatever her name is uh dana loesch oh, dana yeah. loesch yeah Big 13th floor elevators fan. Oh, she's and really into Bauhaus. Really into Bauhaus. Yeah. Former goth. She loves Sisters of Mercy. It's she loves Sisters of Mercy. Great as, taste in music. Yeah. Great Maggie's taste in music. saying that she's literally wearing a Peter Murphy tour, uh, tour t-shirt. Yeah, 2013, yeah. he played uh, all Bauhaus's greatest hits. Nice, nice. Yeah. I did not know that about Dan. I do, I feel like the official band of condescending right-wing people who think they're cool and would never ever or get very offended if they said if you called them a racist. It's probably Muse, huh? Okay. Huh. <laughs> I, I, I don't I, know anything yeah, about Muse. Yeah, I managed to avoid Muse. And I have to admit that Radiohead influenced Muse. And that oh, sure. Is, I thought they were called it, like aren't they considered like a Radiohead ripoff band? They started and then they got even. They are legitimately a prog band, like okay. much more from Radiohead. Like they start, they are influenced by Radiohead, and they kind of went off and did their own thing. And I will give Muse credit for like two really good songs. Uh, time is running out. It's pretty great, and uh, hysteria is pretty solid. And there are you things- could throw any combination of words out and tell me it's a Muse song, and I'd be like, sure, yeah, yeah. But like Glenn Beck is a really big Muse fan. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And oh, is that so- why he started wearing scarves and like little little kicky hats? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, yeah, hipster Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck was a good day on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. There, there's another uh, big Muse fan. Uh, another, he's more of a centrist, right guy. Uh, the one whose wife or girlfriend uh, got into it. He gets into it with Trump. He used to be a Trump, a fan of Trump's, uh, and then mm. I forget it. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, so I guess there's 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 he's, Muse now, is popular with a number of. Now that of, dude, Greg Gutfield on Fox is like a really big music dude. Yeah, and he yeah. had fucked up on the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that guy oh, yeah. sucks. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not great. Yeah. Um, he's he's shockingly unfunny. Yeah, but um, a conservative, not funny. Well, but he's but his but his whole persona is being funny. Like yeah. he, he does he does he has all he has all the sort of like ticks of humor mm-hmm. without actually like jokes. Yeah, Greg Gutfield but, bringing the much needed levity to uh, Fox. Yeah, <laughs> here's the so fun. Right, you know, but then but then yeah, but the guy from fucked up. Uh, what's his name? Damien. Damien. Abrams, yeah. Damien. He uh, apologized later, but yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, and then there's the two of the guys that uh, the two guys who wrote the op-ed piece recently defending Saudi Arabia in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Both of them, both of them are big like um, sort of uh, golden age of jazz fans, and they they both like have all these like, yeah. and it's so it's of this very strange yeah. thing where they've got like all these people that are just like currently in the news yeah. mm-hmm. of just defending the indefensible. Uh, I'm just so I kind of want to do a compilation, you know, yeah. compile yeah. all of those people. Yeah. But then I, I'm afraid it would come off as some sort of defensive. Um, so yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna do it. Oh, I will. We'll see if someone will pay me. I think you just kind of did it. <laughs> yeah, I just did. Uh, yeah, I did it for free. Oh. <laughs> so it's interesting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> tell me, Michael, what's interesting? I'm trying for. I, I lost my train of thought after Zach's thing, so uh, it'll, it'll come back to me in a second. Well, okay. did you hear? Did you? Did you, did you Mike, what did you think of the? Uh, the last Radiohead album. I actually really liked Who it. Who Killed Mr. Moonlight or whatever it's yeah. called. Uh, Moonshaped Pool. <laughs> Moonshaped Pool. Uh, I really liked it. I definitely, the day it came out, I was waiting, hitting refresh until the website uploaded it and I could download it. That's how excited I was. And I think it's a, a great album. It's not like their best album. Like for this album, for a band that's like, I think this is their eighth album, mm-hmm. uh, that long to the career. It was like really well done. Really, Tom Merce singing was wonderful. Johnny Greenwood, I think, becomes a better and better arranger. 
And I say this to personal admit that the album they released before that, The King of Limbs, was just fine. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think this band walks on water. Like, Tom, they've had some songs that don't work. They had an album that was kind of undercooked. Yeah, they're what? Super- yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, with, but just because they did one did, did one album didn't quite work doesn't mean like they're not like now, the, still now, the best. Now the 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 Moonshape Pool. Now is is that actually about his his divorce? Right. Uh, he never married his long term girlfriend, but okay. yeah, they broke up and then she passed away. Uh, later the year it came out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, ovarian cancer, I believe. Oh, oh. okay. Yeah. I don't really want to make fun of this album anymore. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry. Sorry to bring the sport bringer thing. No, back. I will make fun of Kid A though because um, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Kid A, which I bought at a midnight sale. No, I just because I always associate this album with um this like asshole roommate I had when I was twenty because like he would be in his room and he just kind of like would watch the news and then just like get on a rant that he thinks like he has this major insight into, but it's like no, you just watched that five minutes ago in CNN. Shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that's um, fair. But I remember, like, he would just, like, kind of kick in my door, like, a lot of times. He'd be like, hey, Maggie, defend free will. And I'm like, no. What? <laughs> he, was just, like, he was just, like, that kind of guy where he's oh, like, Jesus. I'm a, like, he just thought he was this genius, but the world wasn't recognizing his genius. So he had this, like, real, just real, Amazing. like, he was so, inside. Yeah. He was just, I like, love him. Yeah, he was incredible. Where like, is he now? He owes me $400. Uh-huh. Uh, Brian McGarry, you owe me $400. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kid, Kid A isn't good. Yeah, and I remember Brian. one day him just like kind of intruding in my room and just being like, "Radiohead is the is the is our generation's Pink Floyd." I'm like, "Can I?" Fair. And I'm like, oh, I, I'll, cool. I'll, "I'll give him that." I'm like, also, "Cool, can I take my nap?" Like, yeah. he's, he's 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 welcome to that one. Hot take that won't like do anything in this particular crowd. Radiohead is way fucking better than Pink Floyd on every possible I think, level. I think they're about as Pink Floyd as a as a as, yeah. a, as a Pink Floyd can get. And yeah. I like they, Pink they, Floyd. They're actually like they are that flying pig. Yeah, I know. I like Pink Floyd. I think Radiohead is yeah. better. Um, uh, uh, I don't even know what to do with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I got. I need a break. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, I mean, it was actually was it was Kid A that actually that was that was the that's what did it for me because I didn't mind. You know, okay, computer. I was like, oh, okay, this is this is too long, but I, I get it, and it's got it's got stuff, it's got songs, mm-hmm. and then with Kid A, I I was like. You know, it was it was the scene in Zoolander where it's like, is everybody taking crazy pills? Um, <laughs> and you know, like I was definitely like, I was I like I would like to think people may disagree. I was not when it came out like, if you don't like this, you're dumb. But definitely, like we'd, we'd be playing at parties or at my college newspaper, be like, this is a brilliant, what a wonderful album. And some people be like, oh yeah, this is cool. And other people were like, this is so boring. Yeah. That was like the song. All right, so Kid A was like it was almost like legally mandated mm-hmm. in um all the coffee shops in Philadelphia in the yeah. early mm-hmm. thousands. Like, it, it was, that was national. That was a national mandate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 When uh, Bill Clinton signed the uh, the Radiohead Act. Yeah. The Radiohead Accordance of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no. So I just associate certain albums with like I could kind of like comfortably ignore them. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't intrusive. Like you're. Kid A can be kind of album, like it's always going to be on in a coffee shop and it's fine. You can just kind of come, this becomes background. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, well, you know, Kid A, like, and, and I do think that Kid A was hugely influential and I, I acknowledge all of that. It's just uh, very, um, oh, it's very, it's, it's, you know, sorry, I, 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 got, I, was, I was boring myself just talking about Kid A. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I took a little nap there. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was thinking about the other day because 
you know, and this is not a band that deserves to be bad mouth necessarily because mm-hmm. they're, they're they're good, but yeah. um, I'm sure you know, they can. De- I'm sure they can take it. Well, like, yeah, but but this band, yeah. the, the, like that band, everyone was talking about how amazing the new Low album is. Oh yeah, I, th- I think and people it's great. Are like, oh my god, it's amazing! It's emotionally devastating! It's beautiful! It's Agreed. Beautiful. And I listened to it, and I didn't hate it. Yeah. And I listened to it a few times, and I was like, this sounds like Kid A. Like mm, that's probably fair. This sounds like, and I thought I was making this like really profound. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I cracked the low code. Yeah. What a bunch of what a bunch of maroons everybody is. And I and I said something about it publicly, and everybody was like, yeah, because Kid A is great. Yeah. Like, and I was like, oh, oh. what a dummy, what a All dummy right. I am. We got to get on to our next segment. Uh, but so I guess in summary, Radiohead is either the best band of the last twenty five years, or they're very boring. Yeah, it's just like they're boring. They're one yeah. I can kind of comfortably ignore as yeah. long as men don't talk at me about yeah. them. Yeah. You could just get Portishead. Three, and then you're fine. Fair. Everybody. Cool. Is Radiohead a band people fuck to in college? Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, Jesus. All right. <laughs> like a generation of boring-ass kids <laughs> that think they're really smart. Like, <laughs> Though I do think the main music for college sex these days is probably either The Weeknd or Beach House. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Or maybe Miguel. I got, I, I got nothing to add to this, yeah. this, this discourse. All right, so our producer, Kent. <laughs> producer uh, Kent's here, hello. He has a fun segment we're going to give a shot. I do have a fun segment, although I would like to, I would like to just kind of, not really an addendum, but a cap on that. Uh, mm-hmm. And Zach, I thought you um, summed up your arguments in a very nice way. Maggie, I think you added a, a nice little thing as well. Michael, I do think that it is well-deserved that you get the final say and just kind of wrap up with the context of the conversation, you know, right. you, the, the, the Radiohead overrated discussion. I definitely think people should always, like, not push things on the people. And if you don't like what people like, it's totally fine. Let it go. Because that's how you become, if you don't do that, you become like a man explaining things. And I hope I haven't done that, but you never know. Uh, <laughs> I do believe this is a band that's been more consistently great than anything else or than any other like band of the last like i said 25 years but i also acknowledge there's no way i can be objective about this particular band so it's entirely possible that i am wrong although i don't think that i am (laughs) well said perhaps until the end yeah so we're gonna we're gonna cap off today's uh episode uh with uh, a little segment a little bit of fun called the be nice speed round Got it. So the little thing that I've written up for this is the be nice speed round, and I'll explain, uh, will be testing your level of empathy, or more likely your spuriousness in the spur of the moment, your mendaciousness this minute. So I'm going to give you each, you you too, Maggie, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you each a series of four prompts, and you're going to have to say something nice, nothing long, one or two sentences. And the challenge here is to be sincere. Don't be glib. You know, or witty. You know, we, we everybody's very funny. We all get it, and very smart, and very cool. And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with Michael, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll move to Maggie, and then we'll finish off with Zach. And I think that'll be the order. Got it. Okay. Uh, Michael, here we go. Skrillex. Um, some of those drops are pretty cool, and I think he puts more songwriting and like. And thought into his music than the majority of EDM artists. Okay. Cherry Pop and Daddies. Uh, whoa. I went to college in the late 90s and I swang dance once or twice. I didn't like put on swang. the suits. I didn't go the full way. But yeah, you go to it. You go to a swing dance thing once or twice. Uh, and I had 
fun, but that's more about swing music in general and cherry popping daddies. Uh, oh boy. Um, all right, I got one. The song Zoot Suit Riot, if you look into the lyrics, is actually decrying uh, racial violence in, I believe, the 20s or 30s. It's a really interesting story if you look it up. In L.A. Yeah, in L.A. I don't know the exact specifics off the top of my head. I don't want to, like, triple the over The crackdown my- on, on Zoot Suits was, 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 a, was a racialized thing yeah. in the, the L.A. police. So he seems like a, the singer of that band seems like a good person who is against prejudice, which is what we should all be. The Dave Matthews Band. Uh, here, Dave Matthews is a very nice person. Uh, I once interviewed the musician Mike Dowdy for the Village Voice, and we had a conversation. He's like, he was complaining, like, very nicely. He goes, yeah, like, I'm a groovy person, which is what he says instead of hipster, but they don't like me, and it kind of bugs me. I don't really know why, because his band Soul Coffee was, like, kind of a hipstery type thing in the 90s. He goes, uh, Mike, do you think it's because you were signed the Dave Matthews label and you toured with Dave Matthews? And he says, like, yeah, probably. So I hear he's very nice. And then I'll see what Mike said. He said, you know, if you, you might not like Dave Matthews band, but it's very possible that your children might be like, so dad, who do you see back in the day? Uh, and you'll be like, oh, I saw Smashing Pumpkins and Nine Snails. He goes, you didn't see the Dave Matthews band? You missed out. Uh, so I will say Dave Matthews seems like a nice guy. His record label, he helped found ATO, had a lot of great artists like, and Zach's make a face, My Morning Jacket. And uh, Ben Queller. And I will also say it takes a lot of ingenuity and hard work to make a band with a fiddle player and a saxophone player the biggest band in America for a long stretch of time. Although I will admit that because I went to college in the late 90s, I heard that band all the freaking time and did not care for them. Did he start ATO? He co-started, I believe. Oh, well, Ockerville River's on ATO. Yeah. And Ockerville River. and Yeah, great. Ockerville River. and Will Chef. I guess that's it. Yeah. And you have one last one that might be a bit of a challenge. Oh, boy. Aerosmith. Oh, boy. Uh, Aerosmith is a band I really dislike, but I'm going to play along. Give me a second here. Uh, (laughs) Say something nice about Aerosmith. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I didn't want to do anything cheap and say anything, you know, about like the videos they did in the nineties when I was a teenager because I don't want to be leering, leering and gross. I will say that I remember they had a song in two thousand one. It was the last song that there was I remember hearing on the radio, "Jaded," and it actually kind of had like a nice, birdsy early REM kind of fun little jangle to it, and I was like, okay, that's not a terrible song. I'm sure they had a lot of song doctors help them come up with that nice little jangle. It's not unpleasant, that one song. I think you did a wonderful job uh, considering. Uh, let's see. Should I go to Maggie or should I go to Zach since Maggie's the guest? I'll go to Maggie since we're going to go in order. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Hanson. Um, they're all really handsome and they're all really good musicians and they really like they really put on a show for their fans. Also, let me say that none of these are picked to be, you know, because they are bad or anything like that. They are just perhaps contentious to- uh, topics. Yeah. So that, I'm, I'm just no, I think they, they make actually, like, they when they perform, there's a lot of jo- genuine joy there. The yeah. Vans Warp Tour. Oh, boy. Um, Have you ever been to one? I think for teenagers, I mean, I've never been to one, but I remember it was probably kind of like a good opening for teenagers, you know, who were weird. And, you know, like, picked on or whatever. You know, kind of like a a good gateway to punk. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may not, the bands they come in contact with may not be 
the formative ones for them, but I think the bands they maybe see will, they'll discover better bands through the bands they see there. Does that make sense? I mean, is that rude or is that? No, I okay. think, that, I think okay. that's, that's fine. It's a nice starting point for kids kind of figuring out their musical taste. A gateway. Yeah, a gateway. Stephen Jenkins of Third Eye Blind. He wrote a catchy song. He can write a catchy song. And we're going to finish up with uh, the drummer Tommy Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Damn, Kent. Wow. You really. (laughs) Um... You enjoy roller coasters, don't you, Maggie? Um, Was he on a roller coaster? He he did the drums, the roller, the uh roller coaster drum set oh Pump that's kit. right yeah 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 and he was upside down and yeah. okay yeah i mean I, I think he's really brave and innovative when it comes to the stage show yeah, yeah there we go i will assist by mr zach <laughs> i'll throw in one little thing about stephen jenkins just to be fair is fair uh semi-charm semi-charmed life is about crystal meth addiction and that was a good 10 years before breaking bad brought crystal meth into like the national consciousness before america fell in love with meth yeah, yeah. so you have to give him credit for being ahead of the curve do we? Do we? He was the black mirror. Of, yeah. <laughs> One weird thing about Stephen Jenkins this is this weird quote from like 1998 when he's like, Third Eye Blind is a real band of real musicians. We're not a media created uh, entity like Sleater Kenny. And I'm honestly impressed in 1998 he even knew who Sleater Kenny was. Wow. Mm. That's actually not bad shit. I mean, it's idiotic and, and hurtful to me yeah. personally, but it's as far as like slandering somebody at least he wasn't going for the easy targets yeah Yeah. okay zach you ready yeah i'm ready well i I should note that about 50 percent of the things you you've said to the other two people Uh i i I had actually never heard so there might be some issues here but but you have some kind of cultural awareness yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay Okay. some sort of cultural awareness liam gallagher of the band oasis (laughs) (laughs) um i mean Pop pop star feuding is is part of pop. I like I'm I'm I I believe in it. I think it's it's um I I think it's it's an essential part of pop. Um and um while I find his feuding more interesting than his music, um one could say one could say that even if someone loved his music because he's really adept at it and he holds a grudge and uh, I admire like genuinely admire that level of pettiness. Best of compilations. Oh, I've always been fine with those. I think I think the sort of like, uh, and I remember people telling me when I was younger, you know, like, oh yeah, you have to like the whole album, you have to get the original. And I still like owning certain things, and I think that you you can miss out on real pleasures if you just have the best of. But you know, say like, there are some bands that exist only to be future bests of because they they have like two or three songs on an album that are decent and then the rest of it is not good and um it's, you know if i'm in a truck stop and i happen to have 5.99 and want to listen to you know uriah heap or the offspring you know that's thank god for the best of it's economical both yeah. financially yeah. And, and temporally mm-hmm. time-wise yeah i'm really concerned about my temporal existence <laughs> The clashes cut the crap. Whoa. Oh no, I'm I'm I, I, I'm fine with it. I I I. So I, say something nice about it. Uh, well, I'm trying to remember actually. Like I, I, you know, it's it is one of the things where I can't say I've listened to it a lot, but 
you know, I'd, I'd probably rather listen to it than like have to listen to all of Sandinista. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's peppy, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm trying to remember what songs are on it though. Um, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the clash at their worst, you know, are still, we're still better than, you know, maybe not 90% of the bands out there, but certainly a good 70, 75% of the bands out there. Okay. And your last prompt is mm. fish. They're a jam band. I'm familiar with that. I'm familiar. I'm familiar. Um, you know what? When I was still sort of figuring out my taste in music, uh, I think I stole a fish tape from someone at a party I was at. And um, in the same way that, uh, you know, with Steely Dan, it actually stuck. But, you know, when you're young, when there's a sort of like, um, and for me, it was it was women, but I mean, it was but for anything. I mean, there, there's something about teenage hippies who, uh, you know, especially if you're like kind of surrounded by really like uptight people or you're in a small town. I think that there's something about like these people that, you know, not not the real, you know, like the dummies of any group or the dummies of any group. But like, I think a lot of towns do have like one or two kind of hippies that are really kind of sarcastic and funny and have this sort of like everyone else is like just not getting it and that's why they worry about this shit and invariably some of those people are going to be fish fans and hanging out with some of those people and watching them actually dance in a sort of and not in that kind of like drippy deadhead way but in the way that like people that like music from the 70s dance um is i think it's it's a it's a it's a pretty important part of uh you know adolescence I think I think you guys all did a fantastic job. Hey, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for listening. This has been the Words and Guitars podcast. Thanks as always to my co-host Zach Lopez. Thank you to our guest, friend of the pod, we can say Maggie Sirota. Thank you, Maggie. And uh, we'll see you next time. Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies, and I hate him. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. They scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one uh, set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? Haddonfield's first burlesque <laughs> club. That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The la- Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!